All right. Let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm going to start reading at verse 13. Albert, I see you back here, back there. I have Naomi's and Oscar's license here. Okay, I mailed the original, but I have the one, the paperwork for them. So make sure that I see you before you leave the church, okay? And Candace, I also need to see you before you leave church, okay? Very good. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Let's pray. Ask our Lord to bless the reading of his word here this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that we have a church to come to, Lord God. We thank you for the people that are here that we could fellowship with, that we can just uh, be together with, Lord God, and share our burdens with. And Lord God, we pray right now that you would bless the reading of your word here this morning. Anoint it, give it life. I pray for myself that you will help me, Father, to communicate effectively your word here this morning. Bless it now, Lord God, and anoint it. And let it have a powerful work and influence in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, Amen. Okay, First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, it says this. And we also thank God continually because... When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. That's the New International Version, but I want to read it out of the New King James Version because I like the way it reads better in the New King James. It says this, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the Christians in the city of Thessalonica. And the reason that he's writing to them is because this group of Christians was going through a lot of of persecution, uh, a lot of suffering uh, for their faith in Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul was writing to them to encourage them and to let them know that, hey, your faith in Christ is admirable and it's proving to be an example to other churches and other Christians around that are suffering and going through difficulties. Your faithfulness and your commitment to the Lord. Verse 13 says that no matter uh, what, that they were able to hold on to the truth. They were able to hold on to the word of God. Their faith in Christ held fast in spite of their suffering, in spite of their hurt, in spite of their pain, in spite of their discouragement or persecution or opposition or confrontation. They held fast to their faith in Jesus Christ. And this letter was simply to commend them and to encourage them and to let them know that their example is appreciated. Now, the Apostle Paul tells us in this particular verse of Scripture that we all have a choice in life as to what we will accept as the truth. We, in a sense, have two choices. One, we can believe that the Word of man is a truth, or we can believe that the Word of God is the truth. Remember how Adam and Eve were fooled by Satan at the very beginning of the Bible. Adam and Eve had the Word of God given to them 
by God himself. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, those of us that are, have been in church for a while, we're very familiar with this section of scripture. It says in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, where God gave this command to Adam, it says, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. But then the enemy came with his lies, with his deception. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4, he tells Eve, he says, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. The enemy of our souls is still trying to convince us that there are no consequences to sin, that God will not hold us accountable, that God is not paying any attention. But the Word of God tells us that sin is still the cause of death. Ezekiel 18 verse 4 says, the one who sins is the one who will die. Same chapter, Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20, the one who sins is the one who will die. James chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to sin. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. So again, we're going to believe the word. Are we going to believe the word of man as truth? Or are we going to believe the word of God as the truth? This is a challenge that the Apostle Paul is making in this verse of Scripture. On the subject of how life began, another example. The word of man or the teaching of man teaches us that the truth about how life began is the Big Bang Theory. And because they use very up-to-date graphics and they've created these big words and they use vocabulary that sounds very, very impressive and very intimidating and very intelligent. And because they use uh, very up-to-date graphics, as I said, and they have excellent computer animation and abilities, they are able to make it seem so real and legit. Let me just show you this video clip from the National Geographic Society that they put out in terms of what they are teaching our kids in the public school system about the creation of the universe and the creation of life. Let's go ahead and just watch this video. I'm just going to show about a couple of minutes of it so you can get an idea of what it's all about, okay? The universe is everything. From the tiniest particles to the largest galaxies to the very existence of space, time, and life. But how did it all begin? The origin of the universe is the origin of everything. Multiple scientific theories, plus creation myths from around the world, have tried to explain its mysterious genesis. However, the most widely accepted explanation is the Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory states that the universe began as a hot and infinitely dense point. Only a few millimeters wide, it was similar to a supercharged black hole. About 13.7 billion years ago, this tiny singularity violently exploded. And it is from this explosion, this bang, that all matter, energy, space, and time were created. You can stop right there. Next. What That's happened enough. next were two major stages. Of okay, 
So this is what all of our kids are learning in our public school system, in our universities, in every major secular system of education in our nation. Okay? But let me say this to you. First Thessalonians is, is challenging us, and it's, it's asking us, are we going to believe the word of God or the word of man? Listen, the only thing that happens when something goes bang is destruction and chaos and death. Can, I sh- can you show those next pictures or a uh, next picture of me, please, for me? This is what happens when something goes bang. You do not get life and you do not get order and you do not get creation. You get chaos, destruction, and death. How many of you can say amen to that? Can you say amen? Listen, I don't know how people can be so smart and at the same time be so dumb as to think that this little tiny particle exploded and all of a sudden you have this wonderful creation, this wonderful order, and you have the creation of life. Now, I'm going to get a little political. Let me ask you this. Now, Nicolette, is that a picture? Was that a picture of the destruction of Gaza? I'm just curious. Yes? Okay. That was a destruction of the recent chaos and disaster in Gaza. Okay, as you know, there's a peace treaty right now with Israel and Gaza. As you probably already know, even though the media is trying to downplay this, Gaza was the one that initiated hostile activities against Israel, started bombing Israel. Thank God that uh, God protected Israel. They did have some destruction. Some of those missiles did hit, but they had the help of the Lord, of course, along with their weaponry, and they were able to uh, stop some of that. But sadly and unfortunately, Gaza got hit really bad and destroyed really bad because that's what happens when something goes bang, okay? So, and now I'm going to get a little political here. The international community is feeling compassion and feeling sorry for the nation of Gaza. Now, the people themselves, yes, we need to pray for the people themselves because the people themselves are really not at fault for what Hamas does and for what these terrorists do because the people themselves that have to live through all that are really the victims. So the international community now is coming to the rescue and coming to the aid of Gaza, and they want to help rebuild Gaza. And for the sake of those people that live there, yes, I think that's a great thing. I think that's a compassionate thing. I think that's a godly thing. But I hope and pray that that same international community will come to the, re- to the rescue and will resource Israel for the damage that they had to deal with. Because some of those international countries that are going to help Gaza hate Israel, despise Israel, and don't mind if Israel even is destroyed. I hope that it, they play it both ways. Church, how about you? Again, I'm getting political, so I'm going to get off that right now. Okay, very good. Listen. The only thing that happens when something goes bang is destruction, death, and chaos. Not creation, not order, not life. Only God can take 
that which is lifeless, that which is in darkness, that which is chaotic, that which is out of control, and make sense out of it. You know how I know? Because I look in the mirror and I know what he did with me, and I look at you and I know what he did with you. Your life was chaotic. Your life was destructive. Your life was in darkness. Your life was on its way to hell. Your life was no life. It was death. But God infused himself into you. God infused himself into me, and now we are full of life. We are created in the image of God. We are on our way to heaven. Only God can do that, church. Only God can take something that is nothing and make it into something that is good. What are we going to believe? The Word of God tells us in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6, you alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything and the multitudes of heaven worship you. Job chapter 26 verse 7, he, God, spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. Psalm 102 verse 25. In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Acts chapter 14 verse 15. Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Psalm 33, verses 6 through 9. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host, by the breath of his mouth, he gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him, for he spoke, and it be, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. We can go on with many other examples. The word of man teaches that there are many ways to God, or that all religions lead to God. Krishna leads to God. Muslim leads to God. Buddha leads to God. Baha'i leads to God. Kabbalah leads to God. But the word of God tells us in John chapter 14, verse 6, that the only way to God is through Jesus. It says, Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Are we going to believe the word of man or are we going to believe the word of God? The word of man tells us that good deeds will earn our way to heaven. But the word of God tells us in Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6, all of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Romans chapter 8 verse 7, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Good deeds are like filthy rags and worthless without Jesus Christ. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short or fall short of the glory of God. The only way to be accepted by God is to receive forgiveness of sin and salvation in and through the person of his son, Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 says this, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not 
according to our works. Let me say that again. Not according to our works. Not because you were cute. Not because you deserved it. Not because you were good. Not because you were worthy. No. The only reason you and I are, in, are, are, are accepted by the Lord is because we today are in Christ Jesus, let me say that again, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. We can go on with other examples. What does the word of man say about abortion? What does the word of God say about abortion? What does the word of man say about reasons for divorce? What does the word of God say about reasons for divorce? What does the word of man say about drinking alcohol? What does the word of God say about drinking alcohol? What does the word of man say about illegal drug use? What does the word of God say about illegal drug use? What does the word of man say about lying and cheating? What does the word of God say about lying and cheating? What does the word of man say about going to church? What does the word of God say about going to church? What does the word of man say about tithing? What does the word of God say about tithing? What does the word of man say about gossiping and judging and criticizing? What does the word of God say about gossiping and judging and criticizing? I can go on and on talking about division and hatred and anger and revenge and idolatry and sexual immorality, which includes fornication and adultery and homosexuality and incest and bestiality. Listen, in other words, when it comes to human behavior and thinking when the word of man says one thing and the word of god says another how are we going to respond what are we going to believe and accept as the truth the word of man is of human origin but the word of god is of divine origin this is why the bible is continually challenging us to renew our minds and not to be conformed to this world listen to what it says in romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 it says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship do not conform to the pattern of this world or to the thinking of man, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I hate to say this, but all you kids that are in public school and to all of you that attend secular universities, after you attend classes and study for your test and do your homework and write your term papers, before you go to bed at night, for your sake, make sure that you spend some time reading the Word of God so that you can renew your mind. Parents, take time to read the Bible to your kids before they go to bed at night so that the truth of the light found in the Word of God can heal their minds from some of this nonsense that they are learning in school. Are you guys listening to what I'm saying? Listen, throughout the day, as soon as we get up in the morning... Hopefully, if you and I are smart and wise, we're going to get on our knees and we're going to call on God and we're going to ask him to help us through that day. But listen, if you're like me, as you go through your day, you're going to get hit. You're going to get pushed around. You're going to get bounced around. Temptations and all kinds of issues and all kinds of situations and all kinds of people giving you their thoughts and their philosophies and all kinds of things and decisions that you have to make. And by the end of the day, you're going to be pretty tore up. You better make sure before you go to bed at night that you communicate with the Lord so that he can strain out all this mess that's going on in your head and get you back on track.
Are you guys listening to what I'm saying? Because it can get pretty confusing sometimes. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding. Are you guys listening to this? This is the word of God. This is God instructing us now. They are darkened in their understanding. They are thinking like man thinks instead of the way God thinks. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth, the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by his deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, to create it to be like God in true righteousness and holiness we need to take time to get into the word of god so that the word of god can begin to straighten our thinking out let's go back to our text for this morning in first thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 new king james version it says this for this reason we also thank god without ceasing because when you received the word of god which you heard from us you welcomed it not as the word of men but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. See, the Bible tells us that the Thessalonians heard the word of God and welcomed it. They received it. Now remember, these guys were Gentiles. They were pagans. They were non-believers. They were idol worshipers. They were lost. They were in darkness. They were on their way to hell. But they heard the word of God. Under the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit, as the Apostle Paul was preaching it, and the Bible says here that they welcomed it, and they received it, and they began to apply it to themselves. You see, this is important because many of us hear the Word of God, but we sometimes don't welcome it, and we sometimes don't want to receive it because it clashes with our program. It clashes with our agenda. It clashes with our flesh, our desires, our lifestyle, our conditions, or our decisions. But in this instance, the Apostle Paul tells us that the Thessalonians heard the Word of God, and they welcomed the Word of God, and they received the Word of God, and they turned from their wickedness, they rejected sin, and they submitted themselves to God. And because they heard and welcomed and received the word of God, the Bible tells us that the apostle Paul and other leaders were thankful. They rejoiced in God. They praised God because the Thessalonians became an example to others of how we are, re are to respond when we hear this precious word, church. This is the same advice that James gives us about the word of God in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. It says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. 
do what it says. We got to do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Listen, what is the Bible saying here? If I go in front of a mirror and I see that I have snot coming out of my nose, okay? And I don't remove it. And then I leave the house and I come to church in front of all of you here and I start preaching with snot out of my nose, especially it's all dry and, cl- and, and crispy and, and tender and, and really juicy. See, when I look in the mirror and I see that something's wrong, God says, fix it. Clean it up. Take care of it. Do something about it. Don't just leave the snot hanging out of your nose. Clean it. And that's what God says. When you read the word of God, and if it speaks to you, and it reveals something to you about something that is not right in your life, or something that is out of order in your life, or something that is not supposed to be there in your life, Don't just turn around and leave it alone and act like it's not there. No, you've got to clean it up. You've got to wipe it away. You've got to change or do something so that you get rid of whatever it is that God is revealing to you in the mirror of God's word. Does that make any sense to anybody? You can't just leave it like that because it causes damage. It causes you to get messed up. It's not good for us. Do something about it. Let me read it again. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. How many of you want to be blessed? I know I want to be blessed. Listen, God doesn't reveal things to us just to make our lives miserable. He reveals things to us so that we will receive and we can receive his blessing. His blessing. We don't want God against us. We want God to be for us and with us. The Bible tells us here in James that when we hear the word of God and we do what it says, we will be blessed by God. This is the same thing that it says in Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. God wants to bless us. He wants to make our life pleasant and good and prosperous. 
The Bible tells us here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, that when we hear the Word of God and welcome the Word of God and receive the Word of God, it will have a powerful effect on us, a good effect on us. Let's read our text again. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, New King James Version. It says this, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as a word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe which also effectively, see the word of God is going to have an effect on you. Right now as I'm reading it, it's affecting you. You're either going to say, yeah, I like what I'm hearing, or it's making you feel uncomfortable because maybe there's some things going on that you don't want to be exposed and it's causing you to be, and, and, and you're now forced into making a decision. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to let this keep happening in my life? Now that God is revealing to me through the power of the Holy Spirit that I need to put myself in check, or... Am I going to ignore it or am I going to do something? Now it's having an effect on you. Just like it's going to have an effect on me. The word of God will be effective. It will do a powerful work in us. It will do good to us. It will convert the soul and illuminate our minds. This is confirmed in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. Alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart i love i love that last part it judges the attitudes the thoughts and attitudes of the heart i'm so glad that no matter how sometimes things come out god sees the true reality of the intention of the heart. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Let me read it in the New King James Version. It says this. For the word of God is living and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Psalm chapter 19 verses 7 through 11 says this. The law of the Lord is perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. Refreshing the soul. Let the Lord refresh you. Do what it says. Accept what it says. Let God have his way in your life. That's what the Apostle Paul was saying to the Thessalonians. Wow, you guys are an an amazing example. You guys were out there. You guys were all messed up. You guys were all tore up. But man, you heard the word of God. You put it into action. You took those steps by faith. You accepted it. And look at you now. And God is blessing you. It says the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. I have to go back to where it says here. It, it, let me, it says here, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Do you know how many times, church, and I'm sure you have too, how many times we have heard people giving testimony of how God helped them to learn how to read, 
how God helped them to know how to read and write, to God help them to know how to work with numbers. Listen, sadly, unfortunately, there are people that, you know, when they were growing up because of their lifestyle and their history and their issues or their struggles, they, they ended up ditching school. They didn't go to school. They didn't pay attention in school. They, they failed school. They dropped out of school. Their lives were messed up. They were uneducated. They didn't know how to do a lot of stuff. Some of them even went to prison and jail. But then they got saved. Then they got saved. And they applied themselves to learning the Word of God, hearing it, and receiving it, and welcoming it, and letting it have the effect on them that God desired to have and to fulfill God's prayer. And you know what? God helped them to become successful. And they became successful businessmen and leaders. And they became effective. And they became powerful. Why? Because God straightened them out. They let God help them to get straightened out. That's what God's Word does. When we allow it to have its work in our lives. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Listen, as you go through your day, you're going to get pretty beat up. But at the end of the day, you take this word out. You begin to read it. Meditate on it. And God will warn you. Jerry, stop thinking about that. Stop thinking about that. I'm warning you. Get that out of your head right now. Get that scheme out of your head. Get that scam out of your head. Get that nonsense out of your head. Don't be thinking you're all this. Don't be thinking you, you, you got to get that thing out of your head, Jerry. He warns us. And he sets us straight. Why? so that we can live and not die. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord God, but Father, it is up to us. It is up to us what we're going to do with it. Are we going to believe the word of man, or are we going to believe the word of God? Are we going to live by the nonsense and the direction of the word of man or the wisdom of man? Or are we going to live and be guided by the principles found in the word of God? Help us to choose life and not death. Help us to live and not die. Help us, Lord God, to be blessed and not to be cursed. Help us, Lord God, to receive your word, to welcome your word, to apply your word, and to let your word have its effect on our lives, Lord God. If you're here this morning and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die today, or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here this morning, you are not a Christian and you want to surrender your life to the Lord. 
Just lift up your hand and we will pray. Anyone at all? Those of you that are watching online, thank you so much for joining us. I apologize for not acknowledging you earlier. Sometimes I forget. But if you're out there listening and you've been doing your own thing, you've been running your own program, you've been living life the way you want to live it, and you've ignored or not applied or not listened, or you know what the Bible says, but you haven't really given it too much serious thought or applied it to your life, and you're ready to do that right now, I want you to say this prayer of repentance with me right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I realize now that I have rebelled against you, and I ask you to forgive me. I surrender my life willingly to you. I accept your word as the truth from now on. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. And today, I receive the free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless your church. I'm going to open up the altar. Those of you that have any needs, any prayer needs this morning, I want to encourage you to come on up. We will pray with you, and we will intercede with you. We'll go to God. If you're ready to let go of certain things and you just want prayer, you come up to the altar, you give it to the Lord. Give it to Jesus. Surrender it to God. Let him minister to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.